Hey, welcome to Connection Over Coffee with me, Phil McAuliffe, The Loneliness Guy. Today we're going to have a great chat with my friend, coach and mentor, Mike Campbell, about why we can find it, why we men can find it so hard to ask for help. Say hi, Mike. Hey, everyone. Before we get going, this podcast is all about destigmatizing loneliness and promoting authentic connection for gay men globally. It contains content relating to the mental, emotional and physical well-being of gay men. If that's going to offend you or anyone in earshot, now's the time for you to move on. So, with all of that said, how about you and Mike go get us a table, and I'll go get the coffees sorted. Here we go. If this is the first time you've connected with me over coffee, welcome. I recognise and want to honour and say how proud I am of you that you may have just taken a big step to engaging with the thoughts and feelings that you might actually be a gay man who's lonely. This is a huge step and as I said, I want to recognise your courage and I'm really proud of you. You've actually picked a really great episode to press play on because I know that Mike is going to just freely dispense so much wisdom uh, about how we men, gay, straight, whatever, can find it so hard to ask for help even when we know, when we know that it's, it's what we need to do. And before I throw to Mike, I wanted to say to you, listener, that this conversation is actually quite personal and it comes after a blog post that I published back in in May 2020 on why I find it so hard to ask for help. And these are, you know, asking for help from friends. Why do I feel so just generally weird and shit within myself asking people who I know love me to uh, and asking them for help? What the hell is that all about? So, Mike, before we get to what the hell is that all about welcome and who are you thank you for having me very happy to have a coffee kind of kind of looks like <laughs> it kind of looks like a coffee uh, who am i well yeah i'm i'm mike i'm my name is mike campbell and uh, who am i ah uh, you know that question where do i go with that question many mm. places well, I mean, I'm a new father. That's something that's very present for me at the moment. Um, and with that husband. And um, what I do with a large chunk of my life, I suppose, is that I'm a men's coach. And I work with everyday men in kind of getting their shit together in the simplest of senses. And really what I like to say is that I, I'm kind of like the honest mate that every guy needs in his corner. And I help everyday men build legendary relationships with themselves, with their partners, and in their world. And so that's kind of where I apply a lot of my energy. But then what the energy really is, and I suppose perhaps what more accurately speaks to me, is I'm a dude who's super curious about the world around me and myself and about other humans. And I like to dig in and explore that and, and you know follow perhaps where my curiosity takes me. Uh, and so that, how oh, I look in a more normal time that might take me to different places in the world but certainly yeah. at the moment it is not uh and so you know i, I get I, I guess the uh 
the biggest avenue we have for curiosity is the human mind and human behavior so that's kind of where you know if it's in my work or if it's watching my 10 week old daughter it's uh it's you know curiosity as to the world around me yeah i love that i love that because for me that that curiosity that sense of curiosity uh is also so powerful uh and um we we often often i i guess associate curiosity with you know the expression curiosity killed the cat mm-hmm. um it may also you know but the the cat also finds out shit about itself uh the cat also finds out more about the world the cat also you know lives beyond the confines of a single room um yeah and uh yeah it, 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 it's I, I feel it's that word curiosity mike that i do want to say you know you know for, for for some of the listeners and and on youtube some of the the, the viewers might actually be just going like what is this all about um and and you know the, like the recognizing as i said at the the very beginning that the, the thoughts and feelings of loneliness as as uncomfortable and frankly as shit as they can make us feel they are an invitation they are only they're not very pleasant they're not they're not invitations that we often want or, or want to accept but that sense of curiosity about why they why they are there are um, the very reason why we have those feelings. It's an invitation to get curious and to get the connection that we need in life. So brilliant word there, Mike, in terms of like what drives you to mm. to find shit out. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. 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 And not like, you know, I think there's I think everyone's curious on some level, but you know maybe we don't uh, we don't execute on it in ways that uh, you know serve us that effectively, yeah. <laughs> perhaps. But you know most of our life is some level of curiosity. Even if I'm pulling my phone out in a moment of loneliness, I, I, there's some curiosity there, and I'm just perhaps I haven't, as you said, with loneliness, connected to the fact that this is an invitation to find out something else. I'm taking it in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, and again, it's one of those, you know, the, the, the reaching into the pocket for the phone, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, uh, you know, clicking, um, you know, in a, in a, in a moment of, of, uh, uh, of being alone. I don't want to say loneliness there, but being alone and having the opportunity, you know, going onto something like Pornhub or something like that and, and you know, numbing the um or, or, or seeking to connect with parts of ourselves that uh, you know through a tool that we have right you know that that's very convenient that's a portal to the world mm. um so yeah well we kind of just got on to another topic there altogether <laughs> didn't we um but listener this is the way of our conversations um where in many instances we solve the problems of the world but then find other ones to to create and 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 solve but mike the question of the day and uh and i hope that you've got an answer beyond a sentence otherwise this is going to be a really (laughs) short coffee uh slash medicinal green beverage um why why do we men 
find it so hard to ask for help? Well, I think, look, we can segue from the previous point because, you know, this invites some curiosity, of course, right? If, if we go through our lives and just don't do it or don't even recognize or acknowledge that it's difficult, uncomfortable, awkward, it's terrifying to ask for help, mm. then, you know, that curiosity is essential for us to even start exploring that. So why, why do we struggle so much? Well, I don't think it will be a sentence because I think there's a big <laughs> rabbit hole of of exploration i think the simplest thing and you know clearly you've explored this topic a lot you've published a blog on it recently and you know there's the simple thing and i remember you saying you know i don't want to just blame society for all my woes because we get complete victim if we do that we have mm. we need personal responsibility but you know we have to look at if we if we draw back from that even further why does anyone do anything and then we can start to actually look at what has shaped you as a person and broadly speaking, there's lots of things. One of those broad things is our family environment, the society that we grew up in and the rules and conditioning, conditions and, and messages we receive. There's lots of things that make up who we are. So I think where society comes in, in this instance, is some fairly simple and I suppose recognizable uh, things in the form of different messages and, and um, you know, those kind of unspoken rules and things that we hear. And a simple one for, for men and, and young men and boys is to harden up, to toughen up, to sort it out, to don't cry, to don't be a pussy, to don't be weak, essentially. Yep. And all of these things kind of start to equate to you have to be tough and strong and sort everything out yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the idea of not knowing something and then, well, how can I know this? asking for help but then what does asking for help say about me it essentially says i'm not all those things that i've learned that i need to be which is kind of the strong misguided stoic i think um dude who is independent and fully capable and can do and know everything which of course is outrageous so i think there's this very very large societal aspect at play that we then take on board they become our messages to ourselves and so, you know, the idea of asking for help can easily just be accompanied with any number of little stories and beliefs. One of those things being, but what does that say about me? Does that mm. mean that I'm weak? Does that mean that I'm useless? Does that mean that I don't know? Does that mean that I'm not good enough? Now, where the curiosity piece comes in is I don't think we're asking those questions. It's just become the default kind of baseline thought process running beneath the surface. I can't ask for help. Yeah. I think that's a societal aspect, let's call it, um, which, of course, can be stronger in some areas, can be stronger in some families. You know, if you had a father, if your modeling of men was, um, you know, a man who had zero, I was going to say zero access to his emotions, but perhaps it would be more accurate if I said if a a, a father or a man who chose to have zero access to his emotions and... um, you know, couldn't even ask for directions, right? They're one of those, that's one of those old cliches, right? They can't even ask for directions. I always said, and I think, what? Just ask the person in the store or ask the direction. Why am I going to spend 15, 20 minutes? Right, because I'm happy not knowing. So, but if that was your modeling, potentially it's even stronger. I can't ask for help in any situation. And so the, the, the simple link becomes, because then that means something about me. Yep. 
And so for the individual, it might be, you know, exploring what have I, what have I made that mean? But it's probably going to be something like, you know, I'm weak, I'm not good enough, it means I don't know, I'm a failure. Fill in the blank for yourself. But I would also say that filling in the blank might uh, invite curiosity to, is there something then beneath that? You know, if I'm, it means I don't know, of course, right? If I need help with something because I don't know it, it's simple. I don't need to give it emotion, but we tend to. So then the next thing is, well, what am I making it mean about myself if I don't know something or if I have to ask for help? So let's perhaps, let's perhaps touch on that one and see where we want to go with it. But I think that societal aspect is yeah. huge. Now, of course, if we, you know, maybe throw the baby out the bathwater and go, we can't just blame society, then we miss a, a, a lot of things that have generated the belief systems that we carry for ourselves. Yeah, I, I, I feel, you know, it, it, it is a, a mixture of both, uh, you know, society and personal responsibility. And on society, before I, I go into personal sort of responsibility uh, and that, that, that personal curiosity rather than responsibility I, I, I is perhaps best, better. Um, one thing that I, I, I do want to explore there is that, you know, in, in asking for help, in not being like the fully self-sufficient uh, man, in being an island, being, yeah, an island. you know, having, uh, having all our shit sorted, uh, a lid on everything, knowing how to handle every situation, exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it, to who to, and to whom to say it. Um, you know, when you say it out loud, grammatically correctly uh, or not, it's it's blatantly ridiculous. It is so. Oh, you weren't born with all the knowledge of the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, you know, we're we're smart, we're capable, we're you know, we we you know are are wonderfully human beings. Mm -hmm. um, but the opposite of all of that, um, of you know, being weak being um uh, uh not able to handle everything in yourself is mm. far too often for men labeled gay and yeah. you know the, yeah, well, the, the the weakness weakness yeah, yeah gay yep. that kind of like symbiotic yep. definition almost and you know this mike i know this mike uh, i know this mm. And the listener certainly knows this as well, that it takes so much strength, so much courage to show up day in, day out um, as who we are, authentically who we are, you know, regardless of sexuality, but to show up as we are um, uh, in the world that wants us to be a certain way, a certain, uh, dare I say, like certain type of man, which is completely unattainable uh, and, 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 you know, quite frankly, dangerous. But the opposite of all of that is so often labelled to be gay uh, and, and particularly around like the, the, in those teenage years that we've all mm. been through uh, and it, that, that keeps that keeps so many boys quiet mm. uh, and yeah well like, you know if you go to the, the simple to be a man is 
and then it's just whatever comes under that and, and you know that's kind of what we're talking about that self-sufficient inc- like omnipotently competent almost yeah, yeah. and so if you're not then like you're weak or, again don't be a pussy don't be a girl don't be gay it's essentially saying shut away any feminine aspect yeah and be hyper masculine which of course is a regardless of the person anything that we don't exercise atrophies it dies and so if we if we deny that side of us it does die and so so not only do we reject it but then we lose access to it in a sense we don't know how to access all of that side and so it becomes very easy just to label the other right Mm. that's gay that's weak that's whatever Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What and a mess. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and then you know that that then becomes like the forbidden side of ourselves, the dark side. The um, it's an unwilling Star Wars reference there, but um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's the thing to deny. It's the thing to ignore. It's the thing to mm. wish away. It's the thing to oh my god, that's come up again. I you know so racked with shame that it's come up again. Um, I think I think that right there is is worth the you know this 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 extra sort of reinforcing of the point that right there for for men gay straight however you know we we are on 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 the sexuality spectrum that as men in today's world in many societies where people are, are listening, uh, where to be a man is to be that fully self-sufficient island. And I don't know if it's if it's me, but, you know, I kind of have the image of the Marlboro man in, mm-hmm. in my mind of, like, you know, just fully capable of doing... There's nothing that takes the Marlboro man by surprise, except for perhaps lung cancer. Um, but, yeah, it, it really is... Um, uh, you know this 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 image, and I know we've had this conversation numerous times, Mark, mm. about like the mis the misappropriation of stoic, mm. uh, and and mm. the uh, uh, and and the uh, maladaptation of stoicism um, to mean being that fully self sufficient island who shows no emotions, uh, or, yeah, or who, I mean, has, who so knows many some emotions. Mm. Yeah, and there's so many consequences of that. But a very simple thing being, look, if you don't, because this is, of course, anyone. But if we, the more we model that, the more we shut off our ability to love and be loved. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Now, of course, this is not everyone. Not everyone forms that you know hyper masculine. I need to shut off myself mode. Some people go to the, and and some men go very much to the other end of the spectrum. And they reject and, and, you know, kind of fight back against that. But if we're going to the other end of a spectrum, we're always going to be missing that, that balance point in the middle. That's not meaning someone can ask for help, but it means, um, you know, they might be in that place. But they might have rejected all of these kind of societal norms and conditions and so on. But the rejection of something still leaves us in a place where we're potentially rejecting who we are in the middle there. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. This, what I, what I want to ask is so we get to a point you know and it might be that you know we start reading blogs we start reading uh uh i don't know like we we we, in the lifestyle pages of newspapers perhaps and we 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 start to see like uh um oh god what's the word like um i want it's cognitive 
like cognitive affirmation or whatever, but you know, mm-hmm. like the word to describe, you know, you, you you're looking to to buy a red car. Confirmation bias. There you go. Thank you. Uh, you know, it, it's you know, you, you see a red car, you want to buy a red car, so you see red cars everywhere, and so you know, might yes. you, you start to sort of begin to sit with, uh, you know, the the thoughts and feelings that you may have been ignoring for a very long time. Call that loneliness. Call that, you know, your sexuality. Call that, um, I don't know, like <laughs> changing jobs or... or yeah, you know, any moving. struggle that you're having that you yeah. feel like you're the only one having it and no one else, everyone else has got their shit together and bloody hell, I need to keep it together and not... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and so you, you, you start to like, you know, you, you start to take those first steps, those first mm. curious steps into those changes and so you know you start to gather information and this is me speaking personally you gather as much information and you start reading uh and incidentally mike this is how i came across you and your work um and you know you start reading and then you go huh like that that really landed that resonates uh and then you know you might start listening to the podcasts or watching things on youtube and you start to go oh yeah that's really really that's that's inspiring that's great you know they're onto something here they get it and then you stay there hmm. you stay there because and you just sort of are continuing in the, this this sort of information like you, you're vacuuming up all this this vast, you know, level. You're reading all the books, you're watching all the blog, uh, watching, you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, you're consuming all the stuff. Yeah. You're gathering information. Information. Yeah. Right. And then you're doing all. It gets to the point where you're doing almost everything, but the doing that needs doing. Mm-hmm. Why is that step to move beyond like the the vacuuming of the information? Uh, becoming an expert on whatever and and you know what's why is it so hard to mm. what stops us taking that step and like and, and specifically I'm asking you not just from a societal perspective mm. but like you in your work as a men's coach mm. what do you see well I think the simplest way to boil it down is we're avoiding a feeling that we don't want to experience and so that feeling could be any number of things we might have experienced it in the past um and so what we will tend to do and this is anyone but men are great for this because it's a more of a trait of the masculine is that we can get into our heads and we overthink overanalyze and of course gathering all that information and consuming is is adding to that right because it's also comfortable it's easy to do that it's easy to read books and listen to podcasts and that but the doing of it oh well that requires me to move to my edge mm. and what it's essentially saying is there's something over there that i don't know it's in the unknown hmm. that feels vulnerable yeah anxiety inducing and so i don't i don't think i can handle that i don't know what comes on the other side of it and so we tend to get into our head again and build it up and build it up and build it up and of course doing that is just masturbation of avoiding the feeling that is uncomfortable and so there's there's this you know our edge i suppose or our more accurately our perceived edge is the thing that is creating some kind of an uncomfortable feeling that we just go i don't i don't i don't want to to feel that 
and that's where all the justifications come up and the stories mm. the stories about maybe that means i'm weak etc etc so i think it's always about a feeling you know anything that we do really is about either avoiding a feeling or creating a feeling and so perhaps to maybe expand on that a little bit if i'm okay so let's say i'm experiencing something in my life that's unpleasant and i'm realizing i need to do some something about it and get some oh, maybe not some help yet just some information um i'm experiencing some kind of feeling that i know i want to change i want to create a different kind of feeling or i either want to avoid that one or feel it it could be you know loneliness i feel bloody lonely i'm going to start reading you know the loneliness guy and oh, this is good information cost makes sense all that stuff you said mm. so i'm trying to avoid that feeling the other side of that is i want to feel connection and i want to feel love and companionship and so any action that i do is about avoiding or, or creating so when it comes to the simple thing of how do i take a step towards asking for help first of all if i have a tendency to get up in my head about it then i probably need to tap back into my body and going what am i feeling right now and what is the feeling that i'm actually trying to avoid with all this thinking yeah good good point does that help to start with yeah yeah <laughs> because also like the 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 vacuuming up you know the consuming information that's great that f that that is doing that is an initial first step but you know as a as a secondary as a tertiary step that's not doing as it is and I, and that's that's no it feels like doing mm. But it's not. It is that masturbation, yeah, as you said. If you've been say. doing nothing beforehand, <laughs> then it is a big step. Yeah. 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 And so I think then, then what happens is we come into, you know, what we were talking about before is, so then what else am I making that next step mean? Mm. And so, again, if it is, okay, well, I'm reading this stuff and cool. Uh, nothing's happening in my life just because I'm reading it. So there's some application of it. There's something else now that I don't know, which is everyone all the time. We all, regardless of what we're doing and where yep. it is in life, we all have ceilings. So if you're going to hit a ceiling and you want to play above the ceiling, then you're probably going to need some new tools, perhaps some assistance, some guidance, some new eyes. Yeah. That might look like asking for help. <laughs> so um, that now comes in. So if I'm going to ask, what am I making that mean about myself? Does that mean that I'm incompetent, that I'm stupid? Does it mean that I'm weak? Does it mean that I'm, you know, all of that shit that I heard as a kid, you know, you're gay. Does it mean that that's true? Like, that's the thing for me to explore. Now, it, coming back to the first point, if those things were to be true, I would feel something. And yep. so actually, I'm trying to avoid that feeling. How would it feel if in my head, I believed I was weak or if other people saw me as that? So again, it's still about that feeling. Mm, yeah 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 it is the thing the thing that i really want to sort of reinforce underline bold italicize whatever it's going to be it is that you know getting out of our heads <laughs> and and i think we we and we includes me most definitely here listener um and if you're not watching on youtube you'll see me pointing very harshly towards myself um, yeah, and Mike's got his hand up too. Like, I can get so in my head, mm -hmm. so in my head, and I have to take a very conscious decision, ironically, 
still in my head, a conscious decision to like go, no, I need to slow down or stop mm. and feel what I'm feeling, not just think what I'm thinking. Yeah, because fundamentally we're trying to outthink the emotion. And mm. when you, if you exchange emotion for feeling, you know, you can't outthink a feeling because they're different things. But that's that's the, the zone of, of comfort. And so again, what hopefully that we're getting to with a lot of this stuff around the simple act, we say simple, of asking for help is, I'm actually potentially placing a lot of how I identify on the line here. Yeah. Because if, if I have to ask Phil for help, what does that mean about me? Who am I then? Yeah. Now, you know, it, there's so many different contexts, you know, if it's around, I feel lonely, if it's around my physical health is a disaster zone. I need to fucking do something about it. Well, I mean, a simple tactic would be go and ask the help of a trainer or an expert. Why can't I do that? Why do I need to get in shape before I go see a trainer? Look at all these things. What does that then mean about me? Which is actually to say, what am I making that mean? So it's still, is you know, it's coming back to a lot of the time at our foundation. Who am I? Who do I believe I am? And who am I terrified of other people seeing me as? And then that's when we start getting like to, to unpeeling that, that onion um, mm-hmm. of, you know, because you just said the magic words there, Mike, you know, what will people think? Mm. Which we know that where that comes from. That comes from, listener, that comes from a place of shame. That the, the, the fear of judgment, the fear of mm. being perceived that's that's come like we that those are as i just said you know those magic words that say that you know and it goes to like to the core of our worthiness mm. which not wanting to spoil you know an upcoming uh conversation is actually the stigma of loneliness the stigma of loneliness the stigma that is all around Asking for help, saying, admitting out loud Mm. to ourselves and to those closest to us that we need better connection. We are lonely in our lives. The reason that we find it so hard to take that next step is because it goes straight to the core Mm -hmm. of our worthiness. By saying that we are lonely... We have put our hands up and go, I don't believe that I'm worthy of authentic connection in my life. Uh, Yeah, I'm terrified people will leave me, will reject me, and that will mean that I'm not good enough. These things are often just linked straight back in there. And so, you know, the the simple act of, of asking for help, again, regardless of what it is, but if it is that, oh my goodness, I think I'm lonely. Yeah. What do I do about this? Well, yeah. I think, you know, regardless if you've been in that place or not, it's fairly easy to understand that if you're in that place, the idea of asking for someone to, for help on that is terrifying. Yeah. And why is it terrifying? Because of all the stuff we've built up about it. Yeah. yeah. And of course, not asking, on one hand, let's just be clear, is only going to continue down that path. Yeah. Yeah. It just gives another example to cite in the future of how you know you could have asked for help but you didn't you chose to go go it alone become you know to 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 
perpetuate the story of being a you know a fully self-contained island of of a human um yeah if i can get my shit together by myself quietly where no one else can judge me or reject me then i can go and work on finding a relationship finding connection and so on yep which of course can't happen now actually that um makes me think of um if i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a little tangent here so bear with me it makes me think of another i think gives me time for a sip of coffee yes very instrumental part of why we struggle to ask for help because when we come to this kind of you know broadly speaking lots of things societal aspects of men need to be tough and self-sufficient and independent i think there's actually a perhaps i'll call it a biological aspect at play there and that is to say if we come back to you know the largest part of history when humans have been alive which is not the modern agricultural age but for hundreds of thousands of years as humans you know we were operating as as hunter gatherer and so i'll genderize it really easily just for the sake of this but of course you know the hunter the gatherer the masculine the feminine is in everyone but if we use the term hunter and we equate that for ease of reference to the masculine what what was the the hunter's role it was to provide and protect to to provide food and sustenance protect from dangers those who were under its protection and so on some level there's this need to be strong and there's this need to be um able to handle very challenging things and that might be scrapes and and you know the result of being out hunting and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff and so i think in in this need to go out and and be strong and to brush things off and to, to get on with things to provide and protect to show to be a show of strength which of course comes into okay well therefore the in the gatherer what am i looking for in a partner on an instinctual level someone mm-hmm. who is strong someone who is a good hunter who can get out there and get things done and look after us like i, I do think that there is on some level this a kind of evolutionary basis to the masculine wanting to be strong and independent and and the feminine looking for that now of course that's in any individual regardless of your gender and sexuality and so that doesn't mean that we look at that and go okay cool throw our hands in the air too bad this is my genes at play it means if we can understand that on some level you're still an animal i'm an animal and so i have instinctual drivers in there and of course if those things are still happening on some level and you combine that with a really misguided kind of societal aspect to it now then we can start to understand mm, it can actually be there's a few things potentially in the way of me getting past this hump that i have about being potentially seen as weak yeah and not capable now of course the way i look at that is well knowing that helps me to go huh okay cool well those exist but they don't need to be my existence i love that right there they exist but they do not need to be my existence wow yeah (laughs) wow and so then i have choice yeah oh okay so if i'm gonna ask for help i'm gonna reach out to fill a really diggers content and i'm going to say look i i I am lonely i don't know what to do i'm terrified of doing that because maybe that means that i am a failure maybe it really means that i am lonely maybe that means that i'm a weak useless individual that's what i'm terrified of happening Mm -hmm. okay is that true 
I know that there's these things at play that that kind of add fuel to those beliefs. So if I remove those, oh, maybe it's not as real as I make it out to be. And for me, those kind of, this is where we can use our thinking. This is where masculine mode can be very beneficial because we can actually think without rumination. We can break down and go, that's interesting. And then I can connect them to the feeling. So the feeling I'm avoiding is being fucking terrified and being seen. Mm. Mm. And so I can start to separate some of the stuff that might have generated who I am in those beliefs. And if I can go, okay, well, I can park them to the side. Now, what do I want? I want to not feel lonely. <laughs> I want to create connection. Ah, all of a sudden, it feels like it's an easier step to take when I've got rid of all of those things to the side. A yep. Little. Yeah. So again, I hope, I hope that's making sense and... and um, giving perhaps a little you know deeper window into human animal uh, and that those things don't have to be our existence because of course if the animal instincts if i allowed my animal instincts to rule my entire life then i wouldn't be a conscious evolved human being yeah still in there on a level so if we can recognize them then we can choose to go, ah, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I, I get that. But it doesn't need to, as I said before, be how I live my entire existence. Yeah. And I think I think that 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 sort of going back, uh, you know, saying that, you know, the masculine and feminine aspects are in all of us. Uh, and, you know, some uh, you know, some humans operate more in masculine, less in feminine, more in feminine, more uh, less in masculine. Uh, and, and recognizing that there are times. Indeed, one of the reasons for the tattoo on my forearm there is, you know, to recognize that there needs to be that balance. Mm. And, you know, for every, like, activity, there's rest. There's, you know, for, for thinking, there's also feeling. Um, and that that balance is actually really critical. But I think, Mike, you've just given, like, you've cracked that wide open you've cracked that wide open in terms of having like being able to sit back within ourselves and go, you know, these are thoughts. I am not my thoughts. Mm. These are the stories and, and getting the thoughts are one thing, but the stories behind them, we, we often need help to uncover mm. despite desperately, desperately wanting to do it alone and 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 I want to say just on on that um, that if we decide to do it alone, it's little wonder. It's little wonder that we feel lonely. Mm. Because if you if you ha if you do consciously or unconsciously subscribe to the belief that you are to be a human, to be a man, uh, to uh, be a fully self sufficient island, you miss the point entirely and it's very little wonder that there is an absolute epidemic of loneliness mm. which the current pandemic has highlighted it was there before it so. yeah but when we when we subscribe to the belief consciously subconsciously that we are meant to have our shit sorted the the consequence of that almost inevitable consequence of that is loneliness because you have missed so many opportunities mm. 
for that real, authentic, genuine connection that comes with, I don't know how to do this. I need help. Hmm. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things because for me, you know, and when you use the, the, the analogy of the island, I think it's really powerful because it's fundamentally what we're doing a lot of the time. Yeah. And, and it's such a twisted fucking place because at the same time, there's often this, um, maybe for some people very conscious, for other people perhaps a little bit more simmering beneath the surface, this hope that someone will come and rescue me from the island because mm. that means I don't have to take the vulnerable and courageous step. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, that can't happen. Right? Yeah. No one's going to save you. And so it, for me, it brings in this aspect of, you know, when you're on the island, I'm just going to I'm just going to get myself all sorted and, and then I can cross the bridge. Nope, it doesn't happen because, of course, there's no perfect humans. And so you're not going to get to that point. But, you know, as humans, and this clearly comes right into you know, the depth of intimacy and connection is we at our baseline we want to be seen we want to be heard and we want to be appreciated for who mm-hmm. we really are mm. but when we've developed and and then taken on board and embodied all of these beliefs and conditionings about well who you are isn't enough and if you even just go and ask for help it means you're you're weak and therefore not enough we become terrified of being judged for who we are mm. and so we don't want to be seen because the risk of judgment rejection etc etc becomes too big and so we again live on this island going i want that depth of connection and being seen but i'm not willing to do the scary thing to take me towards the shore of Mm. possibility uh for you know a different main the mainland let's say and so there's this kind of naive thinking that maybe someone else will build that bridge for me and make it safe for me to cross but of course that can't happen yeah someone can meet you there there's a whole different topic really to go into but mm. someone can meet you there and invite you but if they do the work for you then that's what we would call codependency now all of a sudden you're enmeshed in that person because i've had to do all the bloody work for you yeah uh, you're needing a savior they have the savior complex it's just not going to work long term and so island mainland risky waters We've got to build the bridge of safety ourselves, which yep. essentially can look as simple as, Mike, you are safe. If you ask for help, if you step into connection, if you make yourself vulnerable and say to Phil, your work really resonates with me, I'd really like to know more. How can you help me? Even if, for some reason, Phil turned into a complete dickhead and said, ha ha, look at you, you weird human, I don't like you, which of course holy shit that is never gonna happen no <laughs> even if he said that the bridge of safety now that i tend to have i seem to have really jumped on this analogy yeah i'm, I'm says, gonna let you go with that yeah. <laughs> says um i can handle that because it doesn't mean it's true mm. Mm. maybe i need to find someone else yep and maybe the next person says it okay maybe there's some information i can take from that talk to people who know me well Maybe there's someone else because maybe those other two people have got some shit going on in their lives that made them act like that. Yeah. But that safety is something that we have to choose 
to create for ourselves because that's that edge that we're talking about before <gasps> whatever that feeling is i don't feel safe is often at the base of that and you know again if we come back to the very primal aspects of humans safety and security and survival very fundamental drivers and i know you spoke about it in your blog and so listener if you haven't read the blog yet look at it when we go into that threat it's got to be a survival, link in the episode description yep that threat survival mode of fight or flight this is what's happening one we have less access to resources which might sound simply like we can't think as clearly but we don't act as effectively either and so when our safety is threatened we don't act very effectively unless of course it is about getting the hell out of there yeah but in the in the sense of asking someone for help your safety isn't threatened yet we go into that mode when we try and avoid the tough feeling and we just go you know what i'm okay and i guess you know when you just said something there that made me maybe think like we 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 me often ask for help when there is no other choice mm. and and so you said you know it's fight or flight and so we keep fighting, we keep fighting until we need to flighting. And um, when, when you know, and then we can move. But because we've exhausted every other fighting option, we then go to flight. And, um, and, and I think there are so many parallels that we can draw on that in our, uh, in, in our day-to-day experience. Like we don't want to ask for help. Uh, you know, and and there's there's a couple of things that I want to weave into here, Mike, because I, I know mm. I know we need to to wrap this up. But um, like there are a couple of things uh, that that you know, I will not. Me speaking really personally mm. here, I will not ask for help unless every other uh, avenue has been exhausted. And hi, I'm Phil. I am the loneliness guy. I am the lonely diplomat as well. Um, I kind of know a few things about loneliness and authentic connection. And I know how important it is. And I know that, you know, it's a valuable opportunity in asking for help is a valuable opportunity to build real meaningful connections in life. But it's so fucking hard to do. Still. I have to go through this whole process all the bloody time to, uh, to, to ask for help. Not, and I'm not talking about, hi, you know, I kind of sort of think that I might be a little lonely. No, it's not that at all. It's just like, um, like asking for directions. Mm-hmm. I will, I will still, still get my phone out uh look on um google maps look up google like if i don't know where a shop is for instance in a mall if i don't know where it is i will look it up myself on the website like and and i'm standing in the fucking mall sorry i'm very very passionate about this because (laughs) i'm swearing but um yeah and and you know rather than ask another shop like you know uh, someone who's working in a shop nearby or something like that i will no i'm i'm a fully self-sufficient artist. i still do that and it's not until and it takes so much effort in me so many you know of those stories to work through still yes and i've been doing this for years 
years. Years. Yeah, and like I think that's that. So we're because I would say to the person who says, you know, I really struggle to ask for help. Well, I bet you in some areas of your life you don't at all. I bet you you're fucking great at it. Yeah. Easy. Uh, it would be easy. So why do we struggle where we struggle? And you said a word before, which, um, you know, for me, it kind of hits the point, which is shame. And that is the areas that we're going to struggle is the areas that we're vulnerable to shame. Mm. And so because this all, again, comes back to the story. What am I making this mean about myself? Does this mean that I can't direct myself around a more? What does that mean about myself? We keep asking those questions and we might start to get to, to um, the, the real answer, you know. <clears throat> so for the same example of asking for directions and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm like, what? No, just ask for directions. It's a shortcut. Yep. It's the simplest way to do it. Yep. Because I have no, th there's nothing attached to that at a deeper level. Well, where else would I might, so, so for, for me, the question would be like anyone, so then where is it that I struggle to ask for help? Yeah. Huh, interesting. What is it about that thing? You know, so for me, it might be more in my business. So then I need to go, oh, so what, what is it about that? What is it about perhaps my identity and how I identify? Hmm. Is it that if maybe my business, if I don't know this about my business, does it mean that I'm not very effective? Does it mean that my business is a bit like all of a sudden I can go into curiosity and see where the little, the little spark, the little attachment is. Um, so yeah, be careful not to get caught on that. It's just the directions. Yeah. You know? It's it's the what's the thing beneath it, and then perhaps keep going. What's the thing beneath it? What's the thing beneath it? Yeah. Um, because for a lot of people, you know, we've spoken about shame, we've spoken about worthiness, and so I think this is worth talking about because it, it's all linked very much. So, because for a lot of people, I think the initial response to asking for help is, I don't want to impose, I don't <gasps> yes. want to be a burden. Yes, 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 and that's me <laughs> all over. Yeah, yeah, and that so, was very so again, agreeing. then yeah. we get to ask the question. So then, well, what would it mean about me if I were a burden? Yeah, what would it, you know, if what would people think about? What am I afraid people will think of me if I'm imposing on them, yep. or they feel imposed upon? Yep. So again, you, you see, you come back to the first point: curiosity. We're going to get curious and digging beneath this stuff. And mm. one thing I'll say to that really quickly, and that is this. You can't be a burden. Someone can choose to be burdened by you. And what I mean by that is, if I ask Phil for help and he really doesn't want to do it and he feels like I'm being a burden, then say no. Mm. Mm. And if he says no, I can't be a burden because I haven't burdened myself on him. Yep. Whereas if he can't take it on and he feels like, oh man, that's such a burden, then he's chosen that by not setting boundaries. And so... Of course, there could be some important feedback and information for me on that. It doesn't mean I just go around shitting my energy over everyone else. But if someone doesn't want to do something, if I ask Phil for help and he can't do it, then he gets to say no. Mm. Mm. But if I'm stopping that question from even happening because I'm afraid of him thinking I'm a burden, then I never potentially get help. And he never potentially gets to execute a boundary or help me. Yep. Yeah, right. That's so profound. That's so profound. And one thing that you say, Mike, all the time, and and you've not yet said it in this, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of prompting. Go for it. Yeah, uh, and 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 it's so true. It's so true, and 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 it relates to the mall asking for directions thing. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. And and you know often we can you know, uh, 
uh, find ourselves saying to ourselves and to each other when we do ask for help, it's just this, just do that. And the just is a very easy word to say, but it drips in judgment. Um, because, you know, that just, and I say this, I've said this in a couple of, of the coaching calls that I do, uh, w- you know, for you, Mike, is, you know, that just for you giving the advice is just a tiny little step. Mm. But for someone else, that just is an enormous chasm that they have to leap over and are terrified of doing so so that that you know just asking for directions like you know the mm. you know how like the the, re, the the resistance and the reluctance that we mm. can feel within ourselves to do that is you know and oh god i sound like you um you know playing out in so many different parts of our lives but you know it's often that you know when we say you know you need, you need, you know, more awareness, you know, pay attention to how you respond to every day because we can sort of sail through life not paying paying attention to how we're triggered mm. by positive or, or, or negative stimulus. But paying attention to that uh, can start, you know, unraveling the, 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 the jumper. <laughs> Like, you know, you're pulling at a thread and it all kind of starts revealing. I don't want to say unraveling because that, that kind of connotes something negative and falling apart. But yeah, you pull the thread and it, it reveals. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, for, for, for the listener, that is, that's critical. Like, paying attention to the little things helps make the big things make sense. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be windows yeah. into you know deeper things when we see some of those like seemingly more insignificant and smaller things. Yeah. And if we dismiss those, for example, um, struggling to ask for directions or whatever it may be, then we are potentially missing big clues yep. elsewhere. Yeah. And at the same time, if we can work on those smaller, perhaps easier ones, because I think we can all agree objectively that asking for directions is a hell of a lot different to asking for someone's advice on the intimacies of your relationship let's say yeah so if we can practice those smaller ones it becomes much easier uh, down the line and of course if we can notice how we're showing up in those um Mm. smaller examples then we can probably get a bit of an insight into where that's happening elsewhere yeah right um another thing that i wanted to explore there mike is and 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 listener make make no mistake like this is the like there is so much content there is so much content in all of this so you know this is this is like many years worth of work um uh, which which i'm fully down to do but a word that keeps on coming to mind and you, you, you may have said this a couple of times, Mike, but, you know, that vulnerability. Mm. The vulnerability of asking for help. And I, I find myself often quoting my intellectual crush here, Brene Brown, who talks about vulnerability. We find vulnerability to be a strength in other people, mm. but a weakness in ourselves. Mm. And putting 
appropriately putting yourself out there, asking mm. for help. That that power, like the vulnerability, is like the fear of being vulnerable, the fear of the the perception of not being enough, not being. Mm man enough not being mm-hmm. you know that fully self-sufficient island i i didn't want to bring that up because i think we need to leave that geological and, and geographic kind of no thing way, alone no okay let's no just way. we've agreed to sail <laughs> away from the island now there we go that was the last one um but uh yeah something you know when, when we see it on like youtube when we mm. see when we hear it on a podcast like the power like oh my god it is so bloody inspiring it's like mm. you just go oh like good for them and you know being a serial mm-hmm. empath as i am like you know you kind of you know start to well up you know when when someone's had a you know a triumph over adversity and and you know have taken the leap and stuff but when it comes to ourselves nope nope yeah, and I think it also speaks to um, and makes sense of a little bit of why we can find it so bloody amazing in others is because our reference point is it's so terrifying. Mm. And so therefore, you know, because if it wasn't so terrifying to us, we might not even see it as so remarkable in someone else because like, what's the big deal? But because we are so far behind the bloody fence, because that's where we sit ourselves, we see someone else do it and we go, as you just said, oh my God, good on them. Wow. Yep. You know, because we build it up to be so big we see someone else do it and it thinks they just climbed the bloody mountain yeah that's amazing yep right and so hopefully we can see that and see it as evidence as to maybe why we could do it because other people might admire it and also that oh maybe i'm making it so big because i make it so big yeah yeah right but i think the other point that's that's so um fundamentally crucial for us to understand when it comes to you know the idea of vulnerability and we can potentially even exchange that word for things like openness um, and also make sure it coming along in its wake is courage is that the things we want in life only come from that place we don't have our greatest connection and intimacy from a place of strength and capability they only come when we actually enter into our most intimate moments and, and, and you know essentially when we are coming into vulnerability and you know anyone listening can sit for a moment and perhaps for 30 moments every day for a month and reflect so you can gather information and evidence when have been my greatest moments you know the, the most connected intimate the, the the most beautiful moments i've shared with other people etc etc and what's been going on there was i at my strongest and most capable and bravest in terms of um being that kind of old school as you said kind of misplaced stoic or was it because i actually stepped into and had a tough conversation and we truly were able to connect etc and i think you'll start to quite simply build evidence that ah, oh, it only comes when i do that part love it I just held the silence there for a moment because I'm like, like I, I want this. I wanted that to be the promo, and for editing purposes <laughs> after, that was brilliant, Mike. Because yeah, we often want to, and like your point goes to like the change as well. Like mm. we we don't change. We don't change when things are going well. When things are good. 
We change when, you know, we've got no choice. And, and, but when we are vulnerable, when we, you know, and, and for, for gay men or for anyone on mm. the LGBTQ plus spectrum, you know, we recognize, and this is the topic of episode nine of, with my conversation with Alexander Gerard on owning our coming out stories. We recognize the strength that mm. it takes to come out and declare, I'm gay. And then to live life out. We recognize it. And that's why it is, you know, and, and for, for, for people who haven't had to do that, you know, it, you know it, it's not, it turns it beyond, like, they could get the theory. Hmm. But once, you know, the, the, the practice is there and it never, for me anyway, like hearing someone else's coming out story never mm-hmm. fails to move me because it, is, it mm. is such a powerful example, real life example of taking a step and not knowing where you'll land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and entering into a very vulnerable experience. And what's the historical, you know, look back on that was potentially one of your greatest moments in life, as terrifying as it might have been, the mm. freedom and all those things, right, that that can only come from, from being in that, that place, which, you know, might even equate to, I'm just spitballing in my head here, that the 50th time you share your coming out story, i.e. from a place of strength and capability, yeah. does not have the emotional response in terms of, oh my God, what a relief and the freedom. In that moment, you can certainly remember back to, to the, the initial one, but because it's from a place of strength and capability. Now, if you're having to say it to someone brand new in a totally different environment, ah, some some vulnerability. Yeah. Then, you know, the other side of that, it, it mirrors it somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, I often say in my work, you know, we have proven, uh, particularly, you know, in my work here at The Loneliness Guy, we have proven that we are capable of doing brave things. We are capable of amazing courage. Uh, And, you know, this, if we find ourselves sitting with the thoughts and feelings of loneliness and needing more real authentic and genuine connection to ourselves to those we love most and to our communities or to our communities which you know and or mm-hmm. you know we're then capable of taking steps and yep it's as scary as all get out but and, and Mike, I just want to go back to that point that you made, and, and you said it here in the 57th minute. I, I noted it, so it's easy to go back and edit and, and pick it out for, for the promo. But those important moments in life come from when we when we sort of I want to say lean in, but when we are actually when we are actually there and we you know are fully present and connected. Mm and seeking that connection. Mm. Yeah, we, we're only going to have our most connected, intimate moments when we are on the, you know, in that place of vulnerability to, yeah. to go super broad with it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's just that's just how it works. Yeah. And like, here, by the way, this popped to my head before. So here's another example of that. But if you think about the, the idea of makeup sex, mm. what's going on there? Right, right. It's like it's a thing. You realize it's a thing. There's a bit more. There's a bit more spark to it a lot of the time. Well, generally to make up, it required vulnerability, and then we connect 
in the inverse kind of amount yeah like that's what's happening yeah and so we only get to that point because we've whatever it is someone's you know chosen to admit fault have a tough conversation whatever it is ah vulnerability there and so guess what comes next it's like a slingshot boom connection intimacy yeah. right that's what happens yeah great point so mike what's with all of this and like you me and the listener uh, and the viewer on youtube need to get on with our days uh and yeah uh and and you know the coffee's been drunk uh and the the coffee shop owner is is needs the table yeah what like as well. <laughs> uh, what do what's next what will what's on and and what's next uh for mike campbell and uh his his quest for global domination <laughs> wow <clears throat> I wouldn't quite call it global domination, but you know, if we can create a new, uh, it's not really the term, but for ease of reference, I'll say a new model of uh, manhood and men can comfortably uh, live in authenticity and full self-expression and I'll be a happy man. So the what, what's happening right now is my own podcast that I've just launched recently, Everyday mm. Legends. It's really uh, good. It's really good. Listen to <laughs> thank it. Thank you. And so, yeah, look, that's, you know, I suppose, a, as you very well know, a project that is taking some attention from me and I'm having some fun with as well as, you know, there's little moments of frustration and all that kind of stuff. Um, but opening myself up to enjoying the journey that that, that um, will be and gets to be. And so the other side of that is a big revamp in my major coaching program, the Everyday Legends Academy, which I'm very grateful uh, and privileged to have Phil as part of uh, as one of our coaches so that is kind of relaunching with our first intake coming up very soon depending on when you're hearing this uh, and so you know there's lots of little things in and around there but those are kind of the two, two of the, the major projects at the moment in business because then there's the other one which is being a father which is uh, you know got a few lessons in it <laughs> Um, yeah, listener, I, I do need to say, uh, so yeah, um, Mike's daughter, uh, e, well, Mike and Naz's daughter is just like tremendously cute. Uh, and, uh, and, and so if you follow him on social media, uh, you will see lots of, uh, dad's parenting, uh, going on, uh, there and it's, it's awesome. But, uh, I will share, I will share this that, uh, you know, if you, well, towards the end, the beginning of this year, you know, we we're talking, you know, what's 2020 got involved, you know, for us. And Mike uh, was, uh, you know, uh, you know, on this day, you know, I'll, I'll finish work and then, you know, child will be born and this will happen and this will happen and this will happen. And, uh, and, and I'm a parent, uh, you know, <laughs> and I just, okay, okay, good. Good. It's good to have a plan. Good to have a plan. We'll see what the child has to say about all of that. Yes. So this is this is fantastic. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's something that you can only learn by doing it yourself. Uh, so yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. As I am learning, as I am. <laughs> um, so, Mike, I I do need to say that you know you, you did mention that I do do some coaching work. Uh, for you uh, and run part of the um, 
run with you part of uh, the, the, the that coaching program, mm-hmm. which is now turning into Everyday Legends Academy. Um, and you do have a page on my site, on the Loneliness Guy, um, and uh, where people can come get quick information and then I can introduce you, uh, mm. introduce them to you, uh, and uh, so they can get some information from you about what uh, the program entails. Um, and on that site, and listener um, and, and viewer... I do want to say this. I was in Mike's first program and there's a whole story in there and, mm. and you know, that might be, you know, something for, for a later time in there of like working through my own shit, you know, getting out of my own head. Mike uh, calling me forward in his trademark way of seeing straight <laughs> through me. Um, and I was in the first intake that started in October 2016. Uh, and I, yeah, God, that seems like such a long time well, ago. Well, I was just thinking it's that. almost October now, right? So yeah, yeah. Get coming up there. Yeah, so, you Oof. know, it's, it's like a whole Olympiad between, uh, between things. True. But it is, uh, I, I, I continue, like I have the privilege of uh, sitting with men, uh, gay men, straight men, men, uh, at mm. the end of the day, uh, it, it's more than about our sexuality uh, and we realise that we are far from alone in having the thoughts and feelings, mm. the thoughts in our mind and, and weird, ill-defined feelings within ourselves mm. uh, about being enough, about the fear of not having all of our shit together but the, mm. the, and, and being exhausted by... I guess, like the maintaining the illusion that we do have all our shit together. Mm. Mm. Uh, And we have the most amazing conversations and there is the power of community in there. Mm. Um, Yeah, and I'll actually circle back to one of the points earlier, you know, when I was speaking about what is one of the reasons that we struggle to ask for help in our biology, you know, there has been this kind of need for strength and independence, but... Let's not forget one of the fundamental parts of human evolution has been the community. Yep. And, you know, the masculine feminine or the masculine is hunting as part of a pack. And so actually, for me, it is so paramount that as men, we go together because we are used to in our genes being in community, being bounced back, being seen, being challenged, being called forward, right? That's how we grow. And it's so fundamental. Um, to, to who we are of course the thing that often prevents us from doing that is the fear of being seen yeah of actually connecting and as we spoke about throughout all of this well when we step into vulnerability that's when the good stuff comes yeah yeah i, I have to say it is phenomenally powerful and i remember being so terrified shit <laughs> scared that of of like the the, the community but that is the greatest attribute of the program is you know mike's awesome don't get me wrong i'm awesome (laughs) uh full stop (laughs) um but the it is the power of community uh having other men in your corner who are also going through the same if not very 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 similar 
you getting that help and support mm. from from them is the hallmark for me of the of of that program. And it is it is something that I I do want to like I I, I am replicating in my premium subscribers um, uh, uh, Facebook group. So which you can access listener for nine ninety five Australian dollars a month, which is about six dollars seven dollars uh, six dollars fifty seven US uh, a month, which is that power of community. Um, and looking uh, to when you show up, when you are being vulnerable, you ask for help and you allow other lonely gay men to get help and to give you help and you get to help others that we forge that community. And it is that community which is the salvation community which gives us that real authentic connection that we need to start getting more of it in life yeah and look it, when we say vulnerability you know that might imply that it, it, it's it's really really hard and it's only really really hard in the first instance because we make it hard yeah it's actually really easy once you start yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and there's all the reward but it becomes very very simple as long as you choose allow yourself um to choose it and then that's when all the benefits come yeah so beyond the um so beyond the page on my site, and there's going to be a link in the episode description uh, directly to your page, Mike, uh, on the lonelinessguy.com. How can we find you? Well, you can find me uh, online, mikecampbell.com.au, or you can find me on most of the socials, Mike Campbell MC. Um, yeah, Mike Campbell MC. Instagram, that's where I hang out a bit these days. Feel free to send me a DM. Always happy to hear from people, questions uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, so, you know, otherwise you'll find me here on the Gold Coast at the moment. Can't go very far, <laughs> potentially with a coffee in my hand or maybe a baby in the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, I, yeah, as I said, you know, just, just follow Mike uh, for for the the awesome uh, parenting uh, and you know <laughs> and and photo at, like pictures of sickening sunrises and stuff over the ocean uh, in uh, on the Gold Coast. But Mike Campbell, thank you, thank you so much. Um, and so before I wrap up, listener, I just do want to say, and, and viewer, I do want to say that you know Mike is here, I am here to help uh, and uh, we are committed in our own ways to help and support you uh, in uh, uh, wanting to get more connection in your life if you are a gay man if you are a man who recognises that you're experiencing the thoughts and feelings, the shit thoughts and feelings of loneliness. When you are ready, we're here. We're here to help, and it would be our honor, it would be our pleasure to help you take some more steps to get the real and authentic connection that you need in life. So, please... Uh, we're, we're here there's there's links going to be everywhere in the episode description uh, you can't miss it there's no wrong way of taking that step um, 
the step needs to be taken if things are to change. Very much so. Mm. Mike Campbell, you just like I've lost count of how awesome I think you are, uh, and 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 the, the the ways. Thank you so much for um, for for joining us and connecting over coffee with the loneliness guy. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute joy, and I hope that uh, you know there's some benefit from this. And do the thing. Do do the thing. Do the thing. All sounds that you heard in this episode were recorded at Prefab Eatery on Jesse Street, Wellington. All views expressed in this episode are my own and are intended to support, challenge and inspire gay men to consider the issue of loneliness and increase awareness of the need for authentic connection with themselves, with others and their communities as an antidote to loneliness. They are not intended to, nor should they, replace the advice of a licensed helping professional. Please consult the resources page on my website, thelonelinessguide.com, if you feel that you need the services of a licensed helping professional. Thanks for listening.